welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the April 12th game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, and the beginning of a very long month. Yeah. <laughs> well, not the beginning, I guess, but big homestand here. Yeah, and uh, off to a good start. Yeah. So you, you go forward. For... We are at home, right? Yeah, that next was at home. Few, no, but the next few games. I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think it is a homestand, but yeah, anyway, either way. Um you know, that was a pretty much the biggest win we could have asked for. I yeah. Mean, like, that was like, you know, and I say that because it wasn't a blowout. You know, I find every time the Habs win by blowout, like, it it, it, it sends us the wrong message almost. Yes. So, 4-2, let's start it off. Thomas Tatar, ninth goal. Um, you want to talk about the assists? Uh, yeah, the assists from Deno and Byron, his uh, line mates. So, actually, in the long format podcast, we'd read off the lines from practice, but they actually yeah, had they changed, changed in between. So it really was four new lines. Um, Tatar was playing with Deno and Byron. You know, this was a pretty quick goal. That line came out really, really hot. Yeah, so, see, like, when I was talking in the long format earlier, I said Anderson was a perfect fit for a replacement, and I still think he's a he's a better fit. But if Anderson anyone else. or Byron, the, yeah. those are the two I'd switch in. With, it, like, a not third as, like, Lekkanen, arguably. Yeah, it's like, a third as, like, Lekkanen, but, you know, you need that, like, gritty player in there, and, and Byron definitely fits that mold, and it's, you know, it's good for a guy to be playing up there who makes that much money, just, like, kind of get his money. Well, that's it. Well, yeah, you want to get your money. And he's worth. playing fantastic. Yeah, well, that's I mean, a like, sixth point in uh, eight games. Yeah. So, can't complain. Um, yeah, then we had a goal from Suzuki on the power play from Druin and Weber, and... I think I'm the first, not the first one. I think uh, I misspoke there. I think this is not the first time I've said this, but that spot for Nick Suzuki yeah, is gold. I don't know what it is, but he just he's so money from that yeah, spot. His, it's his, unbelievable. His accuracy is incredible. It's there. a com- It's got to be a comfort thing. Yeah. So you get him on that side. If we ever call up Caulfield, who likes to play the other side, yeah. So power yeah. play looks dangerous. Yeah. And, that looks good, and and it's a. Uh, it's not fluky anymore with him there because like yeah, it, 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 it's it, it's every consistently time he the same spot and like that's when you see with those you know those big power play goal scorers like Ovechkin and you know obviously well think even like Kovalev yeah Kovalev you it's know Ovechkin spot. Stamkos all these guys there that 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 pick a spot in the power play and Matthews that consistently score in the same spot that's what you want to see and and you know we're seeing that with Suzuki and. Caulfield is definitely going to be on that left side. Yeah, and and the thing I like a lot about Suzuki's spot too is it's not a it's not like a one timer spot. It's no, not a stagnant spot. A it's a very dynamic position, so he can get the puck down low or at the blue line and end up in that spot just from the like the movement. Yeah, it's just when he gets there, he's it's lethal. about two meters, and he always skates into it a little bit. So That's like, it. there's a little bit of a glide into it, but it's the same shot every time. It's, yeah, it's that inner like corner of the circle. Yeah. Um, yeah, so moving on, uh, still in the first, so that was the first period, we were up 2 nothing. Toronto kind of came back in the second there, it looked a little scary, it was still our period I found though. Like, yeah, I don't think we ever felt like we were, pl- like, getting outplayed tonight. Yeah. Maybe slight little moments in the second, like you were saying, but, uh, periods as a whole, I would say the closest one would be kind of like a 60-40 split for the yeah, Canadians. I just saw Matthews 32nd in brackets, I almost choked. Yeah. That's ridiculous. 32nd goal. He's on, on Yeah, so that's Matthews level. 32nd. Tavares scored his 13th. Um, and then... Know. Then we got Josh Anderson, his 15th, assisted by Kulak. Um, and what a... You know, that's that the kind of goal, goal that you just, like, you need... It's the only guy who's going to score a goal like that. Just come, 
you know, barreling up the side and just like yeah. let it go. That's what we signed him for, and that's why he's so unique in the league. Yeah. Like, not many guys can play like that. T- and typically, like power forwards like him, like they don't move like that. It's just he's so fast. He's so fast, and it's you know what? It's not just so much that he's quick, but he he like actually is fast. No, his top, his top like, he and rumble- speed is very. Do you know fast. what I mean? Like he he rumbles. Do you know? Yeah. I I noticed like the person the person who like reminds me the most of his skating is like Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Where it's just very like it, I don't know, it looks aggressive. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It looks aggressive, like he's really you know putting the the force into the ice. Yeah, and he's coming honestly. at you, like yeah. But also the fact that his like his hips are so high and he's yeah. so bent over, he just looks so powerful in that position. Well, that's it. And it's like, like I I think of like the top skaters in the league, you know, like the fastest. I think of like Larkin. I think of McDavid, Barzal, and like they're skating to skate around you. Like I just get the vibe that he'll skate yeah, he'll through skate someone. Through, you yeah. know. And the other thing too is like he consistently surprises defenders. Like yeah, you know people like you know people watch tape. They know he's fast, but I think it's a different kind of situation when it's it's done to you you can even watch the guy on the bench and be like oh yeah you picked up some speed there but yeah you know i think each defender when they when they get the josh anderson treatment like that they kind of like go like holy crap it's yeah. a bit different when he's like coming at you like that because he's a big body and you don't expect a guy that size to move like that well, that's it and it's like you know it's 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 already one thing that he's six foot three and, again, and almost 230 pounds you know what i like about it too though he's scoring the same goals mm-hmm. so that's always a good sign that that shows comfort and like you know, when you have guys... You he's know, playing his game. Yeah, he's playing his game. And again, like Suzuki scoring in that position with Anderson driving up the side like that, it's good to see that because that means that that's a, a consistent way they score and the Habs need consistency. Exactly. And uh, lastly, in the third period, the Leafs would pull their goalie pretty early on. Yeah. Um, but Tatar would get a second of the night from Petrie and Byron. So that's a two-point night for both yeah. Tatar and Byron. Um you know, I mean, it's an empty net. Yeah. It's there's, it's an empty net. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do feel bad. Toffoli had a couple chances there to get yeah. number twenty on the season, but uh, yeah, honestly, I was happy with them. They they worry me at times a little bit, but um, I'm also looking forward to seeing the new faces. I, I think. am I am too because sorry to cut you off there. I just I the one thing I found not great today was like I I did notice some holes defensively, mm-hmm. and I think you know. Maybe it was because I was looking at it with the lens of of, uh, of Meryl Streep coming in, <laughs> um, and uh, Gustafsson not really going to contribute defensively, but but Meryl for sure, and like I I, I kind of see where they're coming from now. Like I, I did notice, especially on, on depth, um, you know Romanov made a few mistakes. Yeah, and um, and you know we'll Weber is also making some some pretty big he's, mistakes. He's he's been really really rough lately. Yeah, you know I we had he's... we had one of our listeners text in. I'm going to leave their name anonymous because uh if ever they do bump into xavier willette i don't want him to know who they are um i said the number one the this this caller or texter whatever you want to call them basically said the number one thing about acquiring john merrill is i never have to see xavier willette again yeah, no, i agree <laughs> so yeah he's pretty he's he's, he's, been, uh, he's an ahler he's an ahler yeah, well, you know you're the captain of Val rocket for a reason he's you're saw, needed there yeah, and, and and it's it must be rough seeing like you know these signings, Gustafsson and Merrill. Like you really know your days are going. Yeah. Like you're never getting called up. No. <laughs> like when there's we have six so lefty. many backup yeah. D now. It's like, you know, we got 
you know, in terms of depth, NHLers, Kulak, yeah, Kulak, Romanov, Gustafsson, Merrill. You know, it's just like Sherrod. Yeah, like just... Well, just on the left slot, left hand shots at least. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, that's playing both. Though. That's what I mean. Yeah. But like, we have a lot of left hand shots that yeah. play both between Kulak and Romanov, and now Gustafsson, and like it's he's yeah. he's losing favor in the pecking yeah. order a little bit. At least bit. Gustafsson plays right. Yeah. But... Also, I I had meant to just say this. I thought it was interesting. So, um, during trade center, I I had wanted to mention it. It was just funny to me that. Anaheim acquired Hayden Flurry, which is Kale Flurry's brother, and Anaheim also has Brendan Gooley, which is Caden Gooley's brother. Yeah. So they've collected two of the four. Yeah. If we can acquire those for some I reason, don't do that. Uh, well, the brothers playing together would be cool, even if it's like a development yeah, it thing. Yeah, depends on how good they are. Well, that's the thing. I, I would say that they're probably going to be play better together at that point if they ever did play before. They have some chemistry. Especially yeah. the two flurries because they play opposite. Hands. No, but I'm saying like how good that other flurry is. Oh well, Hayden Flurry is better than Kale Flurry. No, I mean, no, I know Hayden Flurry is, but I mean like Gooley, like like. Oh uh, yeah, I mean I like, don't know that, but I don't know about the other Gooley, but like I don't think like Gooley's top end talent right now doesn't look like it's enough to warrant us bringing in a very yeah, bad I, player. I, I more funny than it yeah. is. I mean, Brendan Gooley's not a bad player, but yeah. he's not. Uh, I you know he's he's a well enough to take Jeff Petrie. Exactly. Position. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. no, no, no. So I mean, I'm in for the the years now. Yeah. Um, but so like, yeah, like I, yeah, you gotta look at like that'd be more fun than useful. Yeah, because like you gotta, you know, if if we're talking about like, like uh, you know, Connor McDavid and like his his twin brother who's a piece of shit <laughs> who plays right wing, but like you think that might give Connor McDavid a little bit of an extra edge, like yeah, yeah. it's worth it. But if you're talking about like Brett Kulak and no, his, no, and his for brother, sure, exactly. Jim, <laughs> like I don't know how much that's worth it. I his brother's name is Brent. Yeah. It's Brett and Brent. It's like a 5% extra on Brett Kulak isn't the same. No, no, I get it. Yeah, it was more just funny that they got two and we have two. Yeah. Or you could do it the other way. You could leverage it. Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting defensively in the future. we got so much coming up. Like, something's got to stick. Yeah, we, okay. we've casted a wide enough net that we're going to catch some yeah, fish. Yeah, like Romanov's going to pan out. I mean, he's I'm not worried a bit about Romanov. I'm right not worried now, about but... Jordan Harris. I'm not worried about Braden Kulak. He's uh, having a bit King of a rough Gooley. time, but again, he's been having a bit of a rough time since he got separated from Kulak. Right, and also just like it is his rookie season in a COVID-19 world. Like he's, yeah, he's having well, a rough time. Well, I'm going yeah, to ignore that I'm saying part. No, no, but I'm saying like in terms of like the, the scheduling and like the intensity of the season, yeah. it's very different. There's a very good chance There's if it was an 82... Right, I'm saying, at the same time, they also, you know, if we're looking at the other defensemen, I mean, there's certain guys that don't stand out, like Kaprizov, who's also been playing in a pro league now for six years. I'm saying, like, there's other, yeah, but I'm saying, most of them have been up and down from the AHL and the NHL, like Keandre Miller and um, Ty Smith was injured, then he went down, he came back up, but, like, I'm saying, like, this is someone who, I don't think we're worried about him in the sense that, like... He's he's adapting well, and I'm happy he's still been like kept to the bottom pair, yeah. where we didn't like force him into the top. You know, like when Sharat went down, they put Romanov on the top pair. That was like red flags and like alarms going off in our heads. Like well, yeah. that did not look good. That's the thing. I like I, the the whole COVID fatigue thing. Like I, I think that's like I don't know. Like I know what you mean, but I, I just think like you know the the guys played in the KHL. Like he, the intensity's up, and like the schedule's rough for everybody. Yeah. He's not playing very much. Like that's well, the that, that's what I mean. Is in an eighty-two game season, he'd probably play even less. I think it's yeah. the compact season that they're forcing him. to No, do I know, even but I'm, I'm saying like in the third line, he doesn't play very much. Yeah, like, he's not very fatigued. I mean, like the, right. the thing is, is like it, it's different if you're playing Connor McDavid minutes or if you're playing mm-hmm. um, um, Seth Jones minutes. 
or Darnell Nurse minutes. No, no, I get different, it. But it's like when you're playing like like nine minutes a game, like I think like yeah. you're okay with the with the extended schedule. But again, I'm not worried about him. I just think like um, you know it'd be nice to see him paired again with with someone who he can grow with. And I think the reason we're seeing him struggle a little bit is just because. Uh, you know, one night again he's playing with Willette, or one night he's playing with Mete, or one night he's playing with Kulak, or one night you know. So keep let's. I, I'd like to see him stuck with uh, Gustafsson mm-hmm. and kind of see that get nurtured together. And um, you know, Gustafsson's like you know, I think he's thirty, right? You said twenty nine. So yeah, high twenties. Yeah. So it's not like it's two young guys, but again, that could benefit him in the sense that you know he makes some. He makes some questionable hits sometimes. I notice, mm-hmm. and like, well, like at the end of the game, yeah, here, Matthews, Matthews there, like you know, so I like that kind of stuff. I think he would benefit from from playing with an older guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I'd love to see him play with Flurry, but at the same time, I'd almost be a little too worried about how their energy. would Well, that, that's it. I well, when we were talking about this at the beginning of the season. I said if you're gonna play him with Flurry, send him to Laval. Let yeah, them be exactly. the top pair. Yeah. Let them kind of turn into that, but don't do it in the NHL. Yeah, I see a lot of mistakes happening. Yeah, I also. I meant their energy is not as in like play, making dirty plays. Like they're not dirty players, but mm. I mean energy is in terms of like they both tend to make some risky plays. Yeah, sometimes. they'll they'll take themselves out of the play to make a big yeah, hit. Yeah, whereas like Kulak was always going to be defensively responsible, mm-hmm. and like Gustafsson, like not great defensively again, but he's a responsible player. Well, that's so. it. He's not exa- That's exactly. He knows his role in the he's team. He's not going to make some stupid play for the sake of offense. It's exactly. just more in his zone. In our zone, he's not going to be like. No, he's not gonna be Merrill. No, exactly, yeah. and so anyway, yeah, I'm excited to see everyone. But I hope we see Caulfield very soon. Yeah, I like, think honestly. I I think I'm giving it honestly like this week at the very latest. Yeah, I, I again like I we we spoke about it like ad nauseum at this point, but like I I just don't see the point in him being there. Yeah, like, I know, I I agree. Yeah. I just think unless if, like, like the latest that's gonna be is four games. Yeah, and I think what do you think about Paling like? I honestly think just let, let Ryan Paling stay there. Just I let agree. him stay there. He's having a great year. He's starting to actually develop into like the the two way kind of sort of yeah, not really a power next forward. Year. Next year, that's when I'd start to consider yeah, maybe we'll see, him on a fourth yeah, line role. See him at training camp. That's the thing, and also just see who's on the team at yeah. that point. That's the big thing. Who does Le- who does Seattle take? Who resigns? Who do we trade away? If there's a fourth line center role that is going to get minutes. I don't want him playing fourth line center if he's playing, you know, under 10 minutes a night. Yeah, I'm the same way like, cuz like there's just no development there. Yeah, and he's playing so well right now in Laval. He's he's in yeah. he's he's strong. He's like that was the big thing with Ryan Paling. He was always just a little more physically mature than him, but it, his game needed to mature. So yeah. like now that that's coming, you know, he's really putting up I mean, he's putting up points. I think he has yeah, like just shy of point per game and um what about um what about Evans? That's the thing is like with Evans, you might know what you're getting with Evans, that but you might also benefit from having a line of, let's just say the fourth line is, uh, Byron Paling Evans. You know what if you what if you can't, you know, uh, bring back every right winger we signed because right now on the right wing we've got, we've got Gallagher to Foley, yeah. we've got Armia, we've got uh, Perry, we've got like this thing. Yeah, what if Armia goes? Stuff. What if Seattle takes Armia? Yeah, you know it could happen and. and we just we don't know. Yeah, the the more I think about it, the more I you know I I, I you have to come to terms with a lot of guys we're gonna lose because like there's just yeah. there's not actually enough space to play these guys. Yeah, like, and just, like again, it, it sucks with Paling because he's starting to look like that middle six centerman that we yeah, wanted. And a, but role. then again, you have to ask yourself like you know how or what if Philip Deneau just doesn't resign? Yeah. 
Yeah. All of a sudden, now you have a center vacancy spot. Yeah. So well, that, yeah, yeah, that would be that would be huge. But yeah. you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully Philip Dano resigns. But yeah. At, at a certain price. Hopefully, at a certain price. Because after a yeah. certain price, hopefully you let not. him walk after. Yeah. I don't want to say. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't want to say the numbers because like I I, I don't want it to happen. That like, yeah. in in my honest opinion, after. Like if I'm if I'm like you know ballpark of between five and five and a half after yeah, there right, yeah. you let them walk. No, I agree. Already there, I'm a little iffy. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think anything more than five and a half. Well, I'm curious to see what a what a hundred. Like if he breached five point five, I'd be starting to get a little little worried just because realistically his role in the next few years is going to dwindle down. Thing is, if if you give him a hundred and fifty percent raise. That's four point six. I know. That's the thing is he has to look at this kind of in a percentage. Yeah, kind like of. it's like you want me to double your contract. Well, no, and he also has to realize that like his we're 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 giving you one hundred and fifty percent raise as you're taking basically like a fifty percent role reduction. That's it. Yeah, you know? and like yeah, you can you can you can have a you're being role compensated increase. for your your compete level having yeah. to be like put in check. You have you have a you have a you could have a role increase if you wanted on another team, but mm-hmm. I think you kind of want to stay with the hat. Cuz uh, Arizona really needs a center in. Yeah, I think they got to start those talks kind of soon just I I think though a lot of the agents basically have just cut it for now and basically said let the season play out because it was something that a lot of players were struggling with. I mean, there's been a lot of announcements of like so and so has stopped contract talks and it's panicking people. But it's they literally say like no, just because we we don't know one if we're gonna be on like Seattle, because Seattle could take an unrestricted free agent. So like in theory, Seattle could take Deno and have already agreed to like extend him. So they might just upset you know like they might yeah, just say true. like we'll just give you six point five. Yeah. And because they they have no like centerman obviously. Yeah. And like it's like if you know if you go through all the like projected lines like they they really are gonna have a hard time finding centerman. Yeah. So does uh, Gooley's brother play? Uh, um, does Gooley's brother play the other side? He he's one of those like left hand shots that plays both sides type, yeah. but like not like an offensive role. Like kind of like. Is he younger or older? He's he's older. He's twenty three. Did he play the Juniors? Did he? I'm gonna double check that. Probably he was a first round pick. Yeah. No, I know he was. Taken in the first round, I don't remember seeing him in the World Juniors, but um, no, Gooley's gonna be interesting. Seeing yeah, I, I like him. Um, let's see here, Brendan Gooley, career statistics. He played for the U. I I no, that's the under 18s. Right, this sorry. is the under 17s. I don't know if he actually played. Yeah, I mean it's a competitive. Uh... Yeah, I I feel like he did though. I could have been. I could have sworn he did, but anyway. Yeah, either way. For another time. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. But, yeah, yeah overall, great game. I, I was happy yeah. with how they played. You know, I, I, get, I tend to get less excited about these games just because, you know, I know that we're capable of this. Like, yeah. I know that we're capable of beating the Leafs. It's just we need to keep the consistency up. And that's yeah. why, like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's like if we went to the playoffs with the Leafs, I feel like we could beat them. I feel a lot more comfortable going up against the Leafs than the Jets. Yeah, but either team, like I feel like our team in general, like yeah, we I think we have them. a competitive hockey team. But it's team. just the problem is, and I think you agree with me on this, is like I I worry about the consistency. Yes, I think we'll basically win the first game seven nothing, and then we'll lose the next four. That's the thing. Three to one. Exactly, and that that's why like I don't tend to get you know you know Tony Marinaro excited about these yeah. games. It's just because like I know that this is our capability. Like I know we can beat the Leafs. It's yeah. just. 
some nights they play and I swear it's a different team. Yeah, well, that, you know, that's the thing. We, we, and that's, I think it goes back to us kind of lacking an identity a little bit yeah. because some nights we're the fast team, some nights we're the, we're the big team, some nights we're the goalie, yeah, like, exactly. centric team, sometimes we're the seven goals a night team. Like, it's just... Yeah. We, we need to kind of, like, pick a direction, go with it. And I think Caulfield will drive that. Like, I well, think yeah, that's the thing. We're going to build up. our team around this guy yeah. in the future. Like, I genuinely believe that, like, Suzuki, Kotkaniemi, and uh, Caulfield are the future going forward. Yeah. And so you need to build around that. Yeah, and I think you just got to nurture that relationship as long as you can. And, like, there's no harm in bringing him up now. Like if, I agree. If, if you bring him up now and it's a, it's a tough, condensed season... Cool. He'll be more, you know, he'll be more ready for next. Yeah, year. it'll be a cakewalk yeah. next year. So like Romanov, for example, like you were saying, it's a tough season. But you know, when he plays next year, great. Yeah. You know, he's used to much worse. Well, that's exactly it. That's and perfect. It's then. good because he'll have a. You know, also, I, I just wanted to double check it, but I look how how much did you how much ice time do you think Romanov gets? Nine to twelve minutes. Yeah, he plays eighteen minutes a night. Oh wow! Yeah, I was I'm impressed. I'm yeah. surprised that it basically probably comes from like she like that. I Shmi think needing an end. Yeah. <laughs> old man Shmi needs a bit yeah. of a rest. That I think is a bad move. But yeah, I mean at the same time, if you think about it, like three D pairs, about twenty minutes a night yeah. if you're dividing it equal. So they're clearly running three lines. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Petrie generally plays like twenty four. That's it. And, and so there's two there, and then Weber if he plays twenty two, there's two there, and then what? He's got to be on the ice eventually. Oh yeah. True. Yeah. It's weird. It's yeah, I I know you're. Th- it's the equivalent of a fourth line role, though. Yeah, exactly. which is about ten minutes, yeah. twelve yeah. minutes. But still, I mean, like. Well, it just way, surprised me when yeah. I looked at it. I was like, either way, like, twenty my, minutes. My, my point stands. Yes. Like, no. If, no. For if sure. You're, if you're playing eighteen minutes of hockey, like the the, the schedule shouldn't. Like, no, take exactly. You out of That's also not what I was kind of implying. I was yeah. kind of more saying along the lines of like it's just a very unique season, so yeah. like everything's different. No. Yeah. I know. I yeah. agree. It's just uh, like I think people are kind of using it as an excuse mm-hmm. to like. For only the Habs to play bad. Yeah, you know? no, definitely like, it's not. Like, uh, <laughs> I've just heard it over and over. I'm just kind of tired of hearing it. <laughs> Very fair. All right, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.